Hello, and welcome to Full Court Press. I'm Charles. And I'm Elliot. And today we have a very special guest on the inside of the NBA. Today we are joined by a co-host and co-founder of the Bordeaux and Will Show, Will. Will, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Love to have you on. Anytime. All right, so we we have a some questions lined up for you today, but I want to get it started with a bang. Summer league was just past us in the last two weeks or so, and the Rockets made the finals. They did not win, but they had a really really solid run. So, in that summer league team, you know what really caught your eye? Um, man, uh, a lot caught my eye um, with our with our team. Um, obviously, Cam Whitmore, uh, summer league MVP. Um, I thought he was he was really solid in summer league. Um, for you know what you could expect from him. Obviously, you you saw some of his weaknesses on display, but you also saw a lot of his strengths as well. Um, and for that to be the the guy you walked away with at pick twenty to go on to be uh summer league MVP and then you know show the flashes that he showed. Um, in terms of being, you know, a shot maker, a slasher. Um, he even showed a little bit of defensive potential. Um, I'm really excited for him. And I think he's you know, he just turned 19. Uh, I think it was earlier this month. So he's still extremely young. Um, nothing but, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Um, Amin Thompson only played like 30 minutes for us in summer league before he rolled his ankle and got shut down. Uh, but I thought he was um, outside of the next guy I'm going to mention. I thought he was the most impressive uh, for us in terms of he was everything that you should have expected him to be uh, as a prospect, right? He came in and he was, you know, locking up School Henderson. That was that was the assignment he drew. And so he was playing some really good defense on School Henderson. Um, he was crashing boards. He was making the right reads. He was making, you know, just winning plays, setting screens for uh, for his team. It's like that's a point guard out there setting screens. Um, like I said, he he made a lot of great uh passes to his teammates. He had a, a really nice, you know, full court dime. I think it was Tatari Eason. He had another one where he kind of like bounced it through like a really tight window. Um, you know, there's also it was plays where he was running the pick and roll uh with a guy. I think he just got picked up by the Nuggets. Uh, I think his name is Jay Huff, whatever his name is. He they were running pick and roll, and he was they were out there looking like a complete duo as far as the you know, the the ball handler roller action. And I can just imagine what that's going to be like when he starts playing with actual NBA talent. So, um, and he hit, his, he hit his three. He hit his only three. He took one three, made made one three. Um, and so just just seeing him look like the as good as advertised and maybe even a little bit then some, uh, that was really cool. But I, I think the the guy who walked away with Summer League for me was, was uh, Jabari Smith. Um, he needed to have a really big Summer League. Like that was, I think that was important for him and his confidence and uh, for him, you know, taking that next step as the guy who was number three overall pick last year, he didn't have the rookie season that, that he, it was good for him, you know, as a second year player to come out and be as dominant as he was. Um, like I, said, I think it's going to do wonders for his confidence. I think it, it let him know that like you are still as good as you were um, when you were coming out of college, even though you had a rough NBA season, it might've messed with your confidence a little bit. You're still, you know, top three pick, from just a year ago. Um, but yeah, he was, like I said, he was dominant. He was scoring from all over the place. Um, 
threes, middies. He was getting to the lane. One thing that I really liked, I loved about him in his game was he was able to get to the free throw line um, with a lot of consistency in the, in the two games that he played. And that was something that he didn't really show us at all. And he also showed us like some connected passing out of like the the post. The there that like once again that was stuff that I had not seen him do at all um, at Auburn or even you know, with the, with the Rockets last season. So I, I, I like seeing him kind of explore his game and expand it a little bit in the summer league setting. Um, and I thought he, he, he made the most of the opportunity, you know, as a second year player to go out there um, and show everybody what he could do. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we were there at summer league. We kind of got to see firsthand um, like what these guys could do, just kind of the talent specifically uh, the first game against uh, the Blazers Um what do you think – so Jabari Smith and uh, Tari Eason, like how do you think they would maintain their confidence from Summer League uh, and translate it to like the season, especially with the free agents they have this year? I, I mean, that's kind of – that's the biggest question mark is kind of how do how do those guys fit in with the newer guys, right? Because Fred Van Vliet is, is someone who I think is going to be pretty high in the, the pecking order in Houston. Um, for sure. And then Dylan Brooks is somebody who on paper you would want him to be towards the bottom of that pecking order. But like, I, I think he probably will be more realistically towards the top of it. Um, and so that kind of does give you kind of like, okay, well, where does Jabari fit in? And then Tar's been coming off the bench. How does, where does he kind of fit into this equation? Um, but like I said, as, as far as just Jabari, specifically him, I think he was, Tari had a, in my opinion, a, especially for the 17th pick in the job, I thought Tari had a really good rookie season. Um, but Jabbar, like I said, he had the expectations of, you know, at one point in time being the number one pick in the draft last year, fell to three, and then he did not even look like the third overall pick at times, right? There were times where he looked, you know, kind of rough. So I, I think for him, it was really important for him to have that moment where he was like by far, I, in my opinion, I, I watched a lot of summer league games. I think he was by far the best player in summer league this entire like summer league season. Although it was only two games, but through those two games, I think there wasn't anybody as dominant as he was. And yeah. I think for him being able to see like, okay, yeah, like because mind you, he's he's supposed to dominate, right? He's he's a top end talent, um, second year, like that's the setting you're supposed to dominate it. So him being able to see the the shots fall through, and like I said, he wasn't just scoring one way; it was threes. It was uh, like I said, uh, he hit some some tough like fadeaways, and he had the he was working like the Carmelo Anthony jab step. Um, like I said, he was getting to the basket, uh, little stuff like that that I like quite frankly had not seen him really do. A lot last year. I I think that's something that he's going to look to to kind of incorporate into his game, um, in the actual NBA season. And then like Tari, man, like it's it's weird to talk about Tari because he's already. I don't want to like you know gas him, but he's already really solid. You know, I don't I don't think Tari is ever going to be like um an all star and then like that. But as far as like what he's going to bring to the table, I think he's already really solid at a lot of those things. And so um, Tari was out there just. Being Tari Eason, um, that, that's that's kind of what what you expected from him, and I, I don't, I think he's gonna be the same guy he was in summer league because that's the same guy he was last year. It's gonna be the same guy he's gonna be this upcoming season. So, um, with him, it's it's a, it's a lot less like I don't say concerning, but um, what's the word I want to use here? It's a lot like it, it's kind of what we we kind of knew we we're getting with Tari Eason. I, I think he already knows what he's gonna be bringing to the table next season. Yeah, right. absolutely. And the kind of, I'm sorry. But to kind of pick up on what you had said about Jabari and Tari is that, you know, well, at least for Tari, his rookie season was solid for his draft position and for really what we expected, you know. 
And so I was really high on him coming out of LSU. I had him actually as a top 10 pick. Nobody else, everyone kind of laughed at me for that. But last year, I think kind of you know. showed how he can develop into a top 10 player in his class. Even if, like you said, he isn't an all-star or a blossoming extreme superstar talent. You know, he can be one of those role players that really makes his mark in the NBA as kind of a, how do I say, not a bench player, but a borderline starter on a really good team or a sixth man on a championship team. You know, I can see him such as a guy like maybe an Aaron Gordon or maybe like a, what well, Trey Murphy's really similar in age, so that'd be a kind of odd comparison, but something of that sort where he's not a starter, but he can be a starter if needed and he can really succeed in this role. I completely agree. You got anything? So, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was asking you if you had anything on that. Oh, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think to kind of piggyback off of the Tari Eason bit, like I was really high on him too. He kind of, like, especially in the games that he played, the minutes that he played, he looked like one of the most confident players, if not the most confident player out there. Like, just, like, kind of go get a bucket. Even more than Jabari, obviously, Jabari scored more, but he could just get a bucket whenever he wanted, no matter, like, where he was on the court, what he was, like, what the, the play was. He just kind of, like, found his spot. Uh, what do you think about, like, I don't know, maybe, like, Shangun or a man who didn't play as much, you know? Like, in the... Yeah. Or, Shingun didn't play at all. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I was the I'll, I'll touch on the second thing you said first. A man, I was, I was stupid high on him. Um, like the entire draft cycle, he was, uh, pretty firmly number three on my board. Like the entirety mm -hmm. of the draft, like back in August, I think he was still number three on my board. Um, and so when when the Rockets got the fourth pick, and I know everybody, we wanted we wanted Wimby or Scoot. That was that was kind of the the thing that Rockets sort of really, really, really wanted. We wanted obviously, everybody wanted Wimby, and then uh, it's a team who, um, you know, they, we needed we needed a, a floor general per se, right? Um, adding a guy like Scoot Henderson, who I think is one of the better point guard prospects in the last couple of drafts, like that would have been, you know, that that was what we really wanted. Um, but once like the mocks started coming out, and you know, I, I kind of saw what the direction was, all the big boards that the experts had, and they had Amin Thompson at four and not three. I was like, oh, well, like, we're still pretty good. Like, you know, obviously you'd rather have, you know, the, the top two picks, but Amon Thompson is like a really, really good consolation prize um, for missing out on the top two picks. Um, and like I said, I, I said earlier, I, I think that he he showed li like literally everything that you could expect from from him as, as, as a prospect in that first game. It was all on display. The defense was on display. The 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 first step was on display. The 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 court vision playmaking was on display. Uh, the rebounding, like he he's he's like the definition of a complete player, um, and like the only really question mark he has is the you know the questionable jump shot. But, um, I mean, he, like I know it's a small. He made his one three. He had a couple of the um of like fadeaways that he took, and I know that like you don't you're not supposed to give um like there's no such thing as like a you almost made it so it counts, but. Like the form didn't look bad when he shot him, you know, like it wasn't like he was breaking off the side of the backboard. It was kind of just like he just missed, you know, and and for someone who when the bar is literally like this guy cannot shoot at all. Um, 
to me like I was like okay like I can we can work with that and and yeah, and I'm in one of the one of the guys who I mean one of the the biggest things about him on this scouting report is that he him and his brother they're hard workers they live in the gym um and so I have complete confidence that like he's he knows he has to fix his jump shot he knows that's gonna, that's gonna be the thing that keeps him off the court um and so like man I I I have complete confidence in him and in him you know becoming the type of player uh that you know a lot of people myself included think he can be and then Shingun. Um, I think Shingun is going to surprise a lot of people this season. I know he was kind of surprised people last year, but I think this season specifically, um, he's going into year three. He's, um, you know, as a coach who all due respect to Steven Silas, Steven Silas initially believed in him the same way I think Udoka is going to believe and, and utilize uh, Shingun's upcoming season. Um, one of the biggest knocks against Shingun in his game is his question marks defensively, which, you know, I'm not going to act like they're not still there because they are, but um, defense is a team game. And I think that um, we have, you know, Fred Van Vliet, who uh, I think is a, maybe a little bit gas as a defender, but he's he's a plus on that end, right? Um, yeah. Dylan Brooks, I think, is a really good defender. Um, Jabari Smith, you know, was rough defensively last year, but he's he, he's already getting stronger and, and smarter in that department. So I think he's going to be a really good defender. Those are three pretty solid guys in your starting five around Jalen and Shingun. Um, and I, I think even Jalen, to a degree, just – buying into whatever scheme Udoka has us running defensively next season. Um, I think that's going to make a, a word of a difference for, for Shingun so he can spend more time, you know, not having to, 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 to play defense for others and just play defense for himself. Um, and I think when you, when you take that concern away, I mean, you're looking at a guy who I, I think already is one of the the better, if not, you know, like I, obviously there's, there's Jokic and Sabonis, but after those two guys, I think it might be Shingun in terms of like the best offensive big in the game. Um, or I, I, I guess we have to throw in Carlton Towns, but as far as like the the scoring and the playmaking combination, I, I, I think that it it has to be Shingun after those two guys. Um, and he's he just turned twenty one. I think was it either yesterday before yesterday, something like that. So, yeah, yesterday. Um, yeah. So the, I mean, he's incredibly young. He 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 grew this summer. That was that was a, a huge thing for him. Was it easy? He's a, yeah. apparently an inch, maybe inch and a half taller now. So, um, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer in Shingo. It's just like I said, the defensive concerns are there for me. But I mean, when you're uh, we won 22 games last year. I, I mean, he's a he's a good player for that. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give him you know this next season to show me that he can he can you know mitigate his defensive shortcomings you know with a, a more defensively inclined team and you know, with an extra defensive scheme and he's going to be a little bit older. He's taller. He's stronger now. Uh, he's smarter now. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him as well. because I think he's going to have a, a breakout season this year. And like you said about uh, Ime, he's like, he took the Celtics to like one of the bottom defensive teams uh, in like 21 to like the best defensive team the year they went to the finals. So it's like, 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 let's see what he could do when it comes to the rocket to, are young, have a lot of talent, a lot of athleticism, a lot of possibilities and potential, but nobody really kind of could unlock the the defensive skills behind him. So like I think I think he's kind of the perfect coach when it comes to uh growing him defensively. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the other day or a few weeks, I guess it'd be what, a week and a half ago, you you and um Bordeaux, y'all interviewed Alper and Shangu. And for me, that was one of the coolest things, you know. I believe it was his first Amer- American interview. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that was like really cool, and you know, to see Rockets Appreciate Twitter, that. even all NBA Twitter, just really all come together and kind of you know form a like 
unique bond over this one interview. It was like really awesome to see. So I want to know your takeaways on that. Oh, on the on the podcast with yeah Shingo? yes um I mean first and foremost he's just a, a a good guy I mean I know I know that sounds kind of cliche to say but like he he he's really um laid back chill um it was like he was easy to talk to you know and and, and it it I never felt like because you know I'm not gonna say that you know, I've ran to these people before but you know there there are obviously NBA players out there who um don't want to make time for you know supporters or for for the fans but like i never felt like he was like oh guys hurry up i don't got time for this it was like nah man like let's do it you know so uh you know huge shout out to him for just being a, a really good really good guy but um like i said he he talked about he grew I, I think that was like huge for uh for for him as a player and as a, as a prospect is you know he was kind of undersized for his position and now he's probably either you know, right at average height or maybe a little bit taller, who, who knows at this point in time, but just like I said, just being even at just average height for his position, um, I think makes a world of a difference for him as a, as a player and as a prospect. Uh, so I think that was like the the biggest thing. Um, but yeah, he talks about, you know, um, one, he wants to win. That that was that was really, really, uh, you know, as a fan, I, I love to hear that was him saying like, you know, they want to win. Um, they want to bring a championship to Houston. Um, and he, he, man, he seems kind of, I mean, at this age, you're supposed to have all the confidence in the world that, that they're actually going to be able to bring one to Houston. So, um, that was really cool to hear. Um, and then hearing about his initial conversations with Udoka, um, he talked a lot about his, his new teammates, you know, with Dylan Brooks, Fred, uh, Amin and, and Cam and just, you know, I, I thought one of the, actually one of the more underrated parts about that too. Uh, cause that's, that's kind of a, one of the things that Rocket Twitter has been talking about a lot lately is we lost KJ Martin, but we gained Cam Whitmore and there's a lot of you know, similarities between their, those guys' two games as far as, like, um, being explosive around the rim and, you know, operating off balls like a cutter. Uh, and so it was really cool to hear Shingo kind of say that he saw a lot of KJ's game in Cam Whitmore. And, and KJ, I think um, I think that Shingo had the uh, – everybody on our team these last two seasons, I think him and KJ had the best chemistry. Um, and so seeing, like, the guy who had literally all that chemistry with KJ said, like, yeah, I see a lot of that in this other guy we just drafted. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um you know, like I, said, I, I think that's a role. I don't know how much Cam is going to play for the Rockets next season, but when he does get his opportunity, I, I think that's going to be one of the ways he can impact winning, like, off rips. It's just uh, assuming that same K.J. Martin role of, of playing off a of shingle, cutting to the basket, you know, coming off with dribble handoffs, like, little stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like, I, I, it was it was, it was was a lot of, it was a lot of fun to, to talk to him. And I think he dropped a lot of, you know, really um, interesting stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's super cool. Uh, let's let's kind of stay on the topic of um, kind of his teammates, or rather his new teammates in uh, Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks. Um, obviously, I think the Rockets made an anticipated splash when it came to free agency. What do you think of who they acquired and what they could do for the team, especially like looking at last season? Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of the the funny thing because I I think I've been I don't want to say pessimistic, maybe a little bit more on the um I know a lot of people were like excited, you know, when we got Fred. And I was kind of like, uh, it, it kind of is what it is for me. Um I, I am very happy that it, it, that third year ended up being a team option because that completely changed my perception of that contract and you know what Fred is gonna bring to the table. Um so like, you know. Kudos to them for making sure that 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 third year was a team. It was not guaranteed. It's only two guaranteed two guaranteed years. 
Um, but like, yeah, just talking about Fred first, um, I do think that he makes us a better basketball team, obviously. Like I'll never try to act like he makes us a worse team. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's better. I talked about a little earlier. He's he's someone who, you know, I, I think he kind of gets a rep as like an elite defender. And I don't know if he's necessarily an elite one. I think he's just, you know, he's a solid defender. He's he's not gonna get picked on or bullied defensively, but he's not, I mean, he's not Marcus Smart or like D'Anthony Melton. Um, but but he's you know, he's a solid defender. So I think just like I said, adding um the backcourt mate for Jalen Green, who's someone who I expect to take a, you know, a a a, a bigger step defensively next season. Um, you know, especially when he's going to start help, being held more accountable on that end than he was in the past. But, you know, Jalen probably will never be the world's best defender. He'll probably, you know, be like a, a slight positive or like neutral at best defensively. Um, and so to add, you know, someone who can be a little bit more than like a slight positive defensively, like to have those guys in the backcourt, I think that's a that's a pretty good dynamic. You know, you see a lot of time times teams struggle when their, their backcourt might be good and dynamic offensively. But if they're getting bullied defensively, it doesn't really work. So I don't think that's going to be a, a, too big of a problem that we're going to have with this backcourt. Um, and then he's he's a really good pick-and-roll player. And Shingun, same thing, is a really good pick-and-roll player, especially as a, a screener and roller, which I think a lot of people don't really know about him. Um, and so, like, we saw uh, Fred kind of had, like, a tell of two – uh, two seasons last year, the the first half before the Raptors traded for Jakob uh, Pertle, and then the second half when they did have Jakob Pertle. And it's like, you know, obviously he still had his struggles, but he was a lot better, especially, like I said, in the pick and roll and generating offense out of that that second half when he had a guy like Jakob Pertle who could set, you know, set hard screens, roll to the basket. Um, and those, those are things that Shingun can do really well. So I, I think that um, I think that those two guys, like I know a lot of people think, you know, talk about what uh, Fred's going to do for Jalen. I think that, like, especially if they hone into it offensively, I think that he's going to be more important for Shingun than Jalen actually because of because of that, you know, dynamic that he had um, operating at the pick and roll. And then Shingun, same thing, thing with him. He's just super-duper high IQ, so he knows, you know, when to set screens, when to roll. And then if you throw him the ball, he can make the extra pass or, you know, he'll, he can – he's cracking to make the shot himself. You know, so I, I think that's going to be like one of our um, – you know, one of our more scary actions next year is that Fred Van Vliet and Alperen Shingun pick and roll. And then the Dylan Brooks thing um, – like I said, I wasn't too thrilled with either of these contracts or either of these signings, but uh, the Dylan Brooks thing it, it, with him, it's 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 a whole lot of, I guess, hope behind him as opposed to what he actually is known to do. Because like the idea is, if you get this guy to buy in and to to play a role to to be a you know the the, the guy who looks for others more than himself, like. Obviously, he'd be worth the amount of money we gave him. He probably, matter of fact, he'd actually be worth a little bit more than that if he was able to to dial that aspect of his game back, be a little bit more efficient, you know, be, take a lot smarter shots. Um, I think he'd be worth more than what he got paid this offseason. But the thing is, like, that's kind of not what he's done these last two, three seasons. Um, and you know, there there have been times where um, these last two postings where I think that um, his shot selection um, and, and decision making has cost them games in like the postseason setting. Um, and so like for those reasons, I wasn't the happiest with the contract, especially considering how long it was. I, I think that there's a world where he does he still is on that same timing that he was on in Memphis, where it's like, okay, you gotta bench this guy come playoff time. And obviously you don't want to, you know, pay somebody that much money for that long if you're not the bench him in the playoff time. But like the, the silver lining, the hope is that um Ime Udoka is a different style of coach than Taylor Jenkins and Ime Udoka wanted Dylan Brooks like that that would I, I want to say that might have been like his biggest ass this offseason was to get a to get Dylan Brooks so um obviously Udoka sees something in him 
Um, despite what we've seen from him, you know, in the past with Memphis, Udoka still see something in that guy that he likes. And I think if there's anybody in the league, maybe outside of like Popovich and like Eric Spolster, who could get Dylan Brooks to buy in, to to play a role, to you know take smarter shots and make you know better decisions with the basketball in a sense, I think it would be a guy like Udoka. Um, now whether or not that actually happens is another thing, but um, like he's here now, you know, and 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 Udoka believes that he can. He can get that guy to buy in, and like I said, if 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 Yudoka can get him to 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 take out the the bad aspects of his game and leave the good ones, like I said, I think he'd be worth more than what we paid him this offseason. So there's a there's a gamble here, and I mean, if it pays off, we're gonna look like geniuses. But if it doesn't, we're also gonna be looking like some idiots when we have to like offload that contract. So I don't know. It's kind of just my thoughts on those two guys. Yeah, and you know, for free agency, I think it's a little overreacted at times, especially with fans saying that we kind of blew the we blew free agency with who we had signed and how we used our money but realistically adding a James Harden per se which is what many fans wanted how what difference would that have brought than bringing in Dylan Brooks and Fred VanVleet or you know cuz I see I know Harden is really good but Again, I don't know how his team character would be. I don't know how he would really fit in the locker room, especially after how things fell out last time. And I don't know how he'd fit with the young guys. You know, he wants to win. And so how would he handle not being able to win a lot like you would hope in the first few seasons, opposed to joining a contender like the Clippers or, you know, staying with the Sixers and being a title contender immediately. You know, I think that was a little blown out of proportion by some fans by saying we missed the mark numerous times. But I I don't I really don't see this free agency as a loss or a win. The only thing I would say was a huge win was obviously the draft. I mean, a man he's he's going to be him and his brother immediately come in day one as one of some of the hardest workers in the league, you know, they know what they need to fix and they're going to put the time and effort into fix that. And then Cam Whitmore, I, who many saw actually going at five to the Pistons, possibly he went to 20. And so for the Rockets to kind of get the draft that they did, I think that kind of outweighs the free agency a little more, especially when, like you said, you know, those guys that we added didn't make us worse. Maybe money-wise, it could have contractually, but talent-wise, we got a lot better. We're a better team. Yeah. No, yeah, we're, so, we're, like I said, oh, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. No, I was just going to say, like, yeah, like, even, even though I wasn't, like, I'm, I'm admittedly not the biggest fan of the Dylan Bucks contract, and then the Fred and Vliet one, I'm not a huge fan of, but I, I get it. Like, I, I understand why they made that decision. Um, so even even though I wasn't the biggest fan of it, like, I won't sit here and act like we got worse. No, we we got better. Like, we, I think we got significantly better, actually. Because, um, you know, we lost a lot of guys who, with all due respect to, like, the Josh Christophers of the world, the Uzman Garubas, those guys were, like, fringe NBA talents at this point in time. I'm not saying they would never be, you know, NBA talents, but, you know, at, at 19, 20 years old, they were – you know, it's it's tough to be an actual NBA talent at that age. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, mm-hmm. they just they weren't they weren't you know NBA talents. And those are guys who were getting 18, 20 minutes a night for us. We had you know Garrison Matthews and um, 
don't even like to talk, Dacia Nix, man, just guys like that who I don't think were NBA talents, Bruno Fernando. We replaced those guys with Dylan Brooks, with, with Fred Lee. So, you know, now Fred Lee starting, that means KPJ's now on the bench now. So that's, you know, just by proxy of replacing Knicks with KPJ and KPJ with Fred Lee, I think that makes us better, right? You have um, Amin Thompson, you know, he's on the bench now as well. I think that, you know, even though he's still going to be young, I think he's going to be a, a, a really high-impact guy from day one as well. Um, I, I actually really like the Jock Landale signing. I thought that was, you know, a, a pretty underrated signing that, that happened this offseason. Um, just because I, I I knew how much, you know, what he brought to the table to the, the Suns in the postseason last year. Um, and so I, I think replacing, you know, Usman Garuba with the guy who was giving the Suns in the playoffs like a good 20 minutes, you know, in that Nugget series. And he was pretty, pretty productive in those minutes. Um, I think that, you know, that makes us a better team. So when you just look at, I mean, even adding Jeff Green, Jeff Green was on the Nuggets, right? And, you know, he's getting up there in age and probably won't play that much for the Rockets next season. But like, that's an NBA player that we did not have on the roster last season. Um, and so I think just by proxy of replacing a bunch of guys who were either just straight up not NBA talents or like fringe NBA talents with actual guys who, you know, some of them like the, let's say the Jeff Greens and Jock Landers, they're not like all-stars. They're not like, you know, these elite players, but they're, they're talents. Right. And I think Dylan Brooks is, you know, as much as I um, am not a fan of him offensively, he's a really, really good defender. Like I'll never try to take that from him. He's a really, really good uh, defender. Just, you know, just hustle guy. Right. For Evan Vliet's a, he's a winner, right? That's a, that's a good basketball player. So just replacing all that nonsense with actual NBA, I, I think that makes us and gender just makes we're just a, a significantly better team than we were last year. Yeah, and you know, to me, the biggest takeaway of adding not only the NBA talent like you had said, but adding veterans. You know, we replaced yeah. nineteen to twenty year olds like the Josh Christopher, the Usman Garubas, Deshaun Nexes, the AU talent is what I like to call them. You know, guys that kind of. They were good when they played previously to the NBA, but they were never NBA talent. They were good, but there's a this is the same aspect that I would like that I like to say about the number two pick or the number one pick. You can be a good player, that doesn't mean you're gonna be a good NBA player. Yeah. And so for those guys, I think that's the same same case scenario. And then we replace them with veterans, like uh Fred Van Bleek, who has a ring. Or a Jock Landau who got minutes on a Suns team that were very good when they were all healthy and played. And same thing with uh, Dylan Brooks. He may not be able to the great the greatest shooter, and he may get on certain people's nerves and kind of trigger the bear a little bit. But he's a guy that he's going to work hard, and he's going to bring high energy and winning to the team. And so we replaced young young guys that had no winning experience to them necessarily with veterans who have already won. So I kind of want to go back to what you said earlier about uh, Shingun. Uh, you said that he was maybe, I mean, you got Jokic, you got Sabonis. Uh, obviously you could throw him beat in the mix offensively, but like Shingun's up there, you know, he's like kind of the top of the top of the list when it comes to um, offensive centers, do you think, is it safe to say that he could replace uh, Jalen Green as a uh, the franchise player for that team? Or do you think it'll still be Green? I think, it, I think it'll still be Green. Um, I think that, so like I said, I, up until this point, I think Shingun 
I think Jalen was better his rookie season. I think Shingun was better uh, their second season. I think he was. I thought he was better than Jalen last year. Um, mm-hmm. But like when I say I think Jalen's gonna be better, it's not because I don't believe in Shingun because I, I I do. Like I I have a little bit of concern about him defensively. Um, but like I, I mean I'm I have no reason not to like give him you know like maybe like another season or two to try to work that out. He's still young and you know he's still learning it out. So that doesn't. I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button on that just yet, but. Um, like I said, I'm still very high on him. I think he can be, like you said, one of the, um, you know, obviously when you factor in just offense in general, obviously, you know, guys like Embiid and Cat would be still ahead of him. But when you factor in, like I said, the ability to score and then also get teammates involved, I think it's, I think he has to be number three. I, I, you know, I, I can't think of any other name who would, would be there, but I think Jalen Green is good. I think Shane was going to be, I think Jalen Green is even better than that. Um, I think he's been put in, um, I, both of them were, but I, I think Jalen specifically was put in a really uh, tough environment, especially for him as a, his archetype as a player and just as a young player to, to come into the league. Um, you know, Steven Silas is going, I'm not going kick to the, kick the man while he was down, but I, I don't think he was the world's best head coach. Um, we, we have had like negative spacing um, for the past two seasons. Like, I I, KP, I love KPJ, but if that guy is like pretty much the only shooter on your roster, like that's that's kind of a problem, um, especially considering that like Jalen's someone who uh, a huge chunk of his game is getting downhill and putting pressure on the rim. It's hard to do that when the paint is packed. Um, I thought that that you know the the Shingu and Jalen too. Make I reckon you know we talk about those two guys like it's almost like they're uh, like opposites, but I think they like. When Jalen's really good, Shingun's also really good. I think like they kind of like come each other in that way. So um, I thought that we did not utilize the fact that those two guys really, really play well off each other enough last year. Um, I mean, I like to the list can keep going of how I think Jalen was kind of misutilized. I think even despite that, when you look at where he is, you know, at this age, and they compare it to you know other star shooting guards in the NBA where they were at that age. Jalen's either on track or ahead of a lot of those guys. So, um, yeah, and, and like he's he's going into year three, and that's the that's the year where um, usually the the top end talent kind of starts to manifest itself, uh, you know, and to to not just wins, but like I'm not saying he's going to be an all star next year because I don't think he will be, but just be, putting himself in that conversation where hey, maybe somebody gets hurt and he could be like an all star replacement. I, I think that's when. I think that's that. This is the year where that he starts to happen, um, and so like yeah, I, I think the stage is set. I mean, he has, uh, you know, a, a lot of point guard play on his team between Fred and Shingun and even Amin. He has the the defense, you know, to have his back on that end. Um, the spacing is still kind of funky, so I'm not gonna act like that's been completely fixed. But hopefully, um, you know, Shingun talk, that's one thing he talked about too on on the episode was that he was working on being able to space the floor. So hopefully, Shingun can do a little bit more of that this year. And then Jabari Smith was someone who was supposed to be pretty good, a pretty good shooter last season, wasn't that much. So hopefully, that also re- regresses kind of to more towards a mean with Jabari next year. So like, you know, just having those two guys be able to be capable of floor spaces this year, I think would you know make a huge difference for Jalen. Um, and so, yeah, like I'm still like all the stock I had in Jalen coming into draft is still there. It's I, I might I might be higher on him actually than I was thinking. I, I think matter of fact, I, I think I am because he he showed uh, last year um, when he got to the free throw line a lot. Now I don't know what the exact number was, but I know that it was he he was able to get to the line a lot more than than 
what we thought coming into the season as a second year player. And then he's still not the world's best decision maker or playmaker just yet, but he did show at times like, okay, this guy can make some, some, like some basic rudimentary reads. And so like just being able to impact the game, you know, from those two facets, I, I, I forgot, I'm actually higher on him than I was pre-draft. Yeah. I, I completely agree with Jalen. I think he can remain the franchise cornerstone as long as he, you know, Ime is going to use him in a way where he can adjust and kind of up, up his, uh, shooting percentage. So I think that's going to be a fun watch this season. But um, I think with that, uh, that's going to conclude the episode. You know, thank you for joining the pod. I mean, it's always great to talk Rocket Hoops on Full Court Press. And, you know, thanks for your insight and takes. For sure. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you back on. So, yes, sir. Uh, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. For sure. Have a good one. Peace, everyone.